Thanks for checking out this podcast from SWGFL. We're here to help teachers and education professionals support children and young people in all that they do online. Just to avoid any confusion, in autumn of 2022, we branded our podcasts as Interface. This is actually one of our older episodes from before the big rebrand, so it might sound a little bit different. However, there's still the same top quality advice and expert support throughout. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Safe and Empowered podcast. I am Jess McBeth, a consultant with SWGFL, partner in the UK Safer Internet Centre. In this episode, I am joined by Robert Quigley, ICT and Learning Officer at the Highland Council. Robert has been championing and providing training on digital and online safety across the Highlands. Welcome and hello, Robert. Hi, Jess. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I was just thinking back, actually, to when we uh, first met, which I thought it was two years ago, but... Yeah, I think it might have been three years. Yeah, it was. I think it must have been about this time in very cold, snowy Aberdeen um, yeah. for one of the Southwest Grid um, sort of oh, sessions. Live. Yeah, oh, those were the days. Oh, <laughs> anyway, right. Listen, we're <laughs> we're not here to talk about that today, are we? To kick off our conversation, and for those that don't know you, who are you, and what do you do? Well, um, my name's Robert. Quickly. Um, Prior to the secondment um, that I've been doing for the past three years, um, I was head teacher at a number of different schools across Highland. Um, I taught in Aberdeen previous to uh, becoming a head teacher, also taught in America and lived in Canada. But when I came to the Highlands, uh, became a head teacher of a small school um, and then had the amazing opportunity to actually open a brand new school. A school called Milton of Lays in Inverness, which was a completely new school made up of about 20 other schools that were um, losing pupils. And I was fortunate enough to open the school from scratch, uh, which was an incredible opportunity. I was there for uh, six or seven years and then moved on to the secondment, which has been looking, as you've said already, Jess, around online safety and developing digital learning uh, across Highland and the 203 schools. Yeah, so we first met the Online Safety Live and we've had various chats and I came to Inverness as well, didn't I? Did some training in Inverness. Yeah, she got the, the luxury of, of the um, of the chamber, the very fancy that's plush right. Highland Council chamber building. That's right, that's right. Wasn't I, didn't I come to some college or something as well? You see, my brain is like a sieve. You came anyway. to UHI, that's right. You came to the um, right. University of the Highlands. Fabulous. Love the, love the days. Hope we'll get them back one day. Anyway, so yeah, we've had lots of chats about online safety, but I was really keen to talk to you on the Safety and Empowered program because, as you know, it's all about educators and thinking about online safety and educating about online safety. And I thought you probably have got a fantastic and unique perspective on that. So my big question to you, right, to start off with is, do you think schools need an external person to come and teach pupils about online safety? Oh, good question to start with. Um, I would say that it really depends on the school's preparedness for tackling uh, something like online safety. I've been doing training across so many different schools and the reception and, and the sort of um, uptake can vary from school to school. So I would say that if the school was a school that had perhaps tried to tackle online safety and had struggled, Perhaps somebody coming in external might actually make a, a big difference. I know as a head teacher in assemblies, 
not necessarily around online safety, but sometimes I can give the message to uh, pupils and even to staff in some cases. And because it's my voice that's always being heard, sometimes it can kind of just almost appear to be in a bit of a vacuum and it can it can almost miss the point where somebody coming in um you know an online safety expert like yourself perhaps jess might actually be coming in <laughs> even to start terminology expert might actually immediately whether it's intentionally or not can actually start to trigger that thought in in people's minds um so i think there's a lot to be said um, I think that's why perhaps when the police come into schools to speak about things, that sometimes they have an impact as well. Um, so I think it can depend on the school and how confident and how prepared they are. But there's certainly, a, I think, the knowledge is absolutely um, crucial. And I think that uh, credibility is also crucial as well. Gosh, there's so much there. I mean, I was laughing when you said an expert. <laughs> cause you, yeah, when you do my kind of job, you get described as an expert and it always makes you feel quite nervous because there'll be something you don't know. You know, that's like my worst nightmare. Somebody, I'll be doing some session parents or school or something and somebody will go, can you tell us about, you know, the latest app or this craze? Yeah. That's my worst nightmare is if I won't know what it is. Yeah. And then I'll, my, all credibility will be gone. Um, yeah, because I think, yeah, cause I think, I think there is a, amongst some people, there is a perception that if you're the online safety expert, you have to know about every single app, every single, um, you know, part of technology. And what I always say to, to parents is that, it's not so much about knowing everything. It's about knowing where to find out. Yeah, totally. I mean, I go beyond that. I'm like, we can't use that lack of knowledge to not have those conversations. That's no. the really the whole point, actually, of the Safe and Empowered is you should just dive in and ask those questions and have those conversations and get the kids to teach you and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. I do get your, your thing about kind of credibility and having another voice in, I suppose, it depends on the age group as well as for young people and the topic too. The flip side, I suppose, is where, you know, if I'm going into a school, I don't know those those kids. I, I don't know what's going on with them and their families, what the friendship groups are happening. So I can I can give them key messages, but you know, the the, the teacher that's there or the, the people that know them might be able to tailor those or put them in a certain way or set it in a certain context in a way that I just wouldn't I wouldn't know that. I would different. agree. I think even the follow up is really important. I think that's why, mm. uh, you know, if you like an online safety um, talk or an online safety session, I think it's really important that the teachers and staff that are supporting the pupils are there as well so that they can actually follow up because it is that follow up when the children ask a question about something that's been, you know, raised by someone like yourself um, that's really important. Otherwise, you're it's almost a, a one-off and it's going to have far less impact. Exactly. But tell us about, I want to know about the secondment, because we've never actually really had that conversation <laughs> about how you ended up in this secondment, why, why it was created, how it's continued, what the kind of big things have been that you've done and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So how did it come about? So Highland um, are one of the very few authorities, even today, who have invested a significant amount of money in infrastructure and hardware. So I think the last time I checked, I haven't counted them, but um, we had something like 30 plus thousand Chromebooks that have been rolled out across the Highland schools. And this was a project that was started back in 2015, or it was certainly being spoken about. And there was a, a decision made by the council to invest, as I say, a significant amount of money in providing Chromebooks for all pupils from primary six upwards. Um, and on a one-to-one -one basis, and also that the devices would go home. 
So one of the things that I felt was being neglected in the conversation was the really important aspect of how do the pupils stay safe? Because in some cases, this could be their very first device. Um, and we have actually really, as the, the, the rollout has continued you know, into to where we are just now, the number of pupils in primary school that still, you know, their, their eyes light up when they get their first device. Um, and obviously the excitement's there, but there also is that naivety and innocence of having their first ever um, you know, digital device. So I, I made it quite clear for quite a while that I felt that was a really important role to play in providing online safety um, support for pupils and staff and, and for parents. Um, so I almost like created my own secondment um, that's the way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it and actually it took a conversation with one of the local police uh, superintendents um who actually said yeah that kind of makes an awful lot of sense he went back to to speak to the council he was involved in in a, a subgroup and from that it was agreed that it would be a short-term secondment where i would come out of my head teacher position and provide support to all the schools as it's evolved, it's grown arms and it's grown legs. And I almost now look upon the online safety and the Chromebook project almost as running parallel. Um, yeah. Without one, you couldn't actually have the other. And I, I always say that, you know, uh, you're only one, if you like, online safety um, issue away from the Chromebook project, you know, losing some of its momentum and some of its traction. Um, so it's more about, not so much about mitigating against things happening, as I said before, it's about actually knowing where you can turn for support um, and also just what you can do if, you know, you, you in, a, in a school you come across a situation that you're not comfortable with. I've worked very, very closely with the uh, council's child protection officer, um, Eliz McIntosh, who's a, a good friend of mine. And the two of us have worked so closely to actually make that connection. And for me, that's absolutely crucial because she talks in her training about online safety being just another extension of uh, child protection safeguarding. And, you know, the, the, and you've heard this question, Jess, a million times before when someone says um, there's been an issue of cyberbullying or there's been an online safety problem, how do I deal with it? And actually making the connection between, or making the point that there is no difference. You know, how you would deal with something online is exactly how you would deal with it offline. It's just behaviour. Um, and the yeah. online part really... It's just a new component. And yes, it's trickier. And yes, it's, it, on the surface of it, it can be more difficult to, um, you know, to become an expert on, if you like. But you would still deal with that behaviour exactly the same way. So, I mean, you're, you're right as well in that so we're seeing more local authorities go down that route of providing devices uh, down, to, down to primary um, level as well and not necessarily including online safety alongside that. But I suppose if you, if you, if you, what's the word, devil's advocate, if you took it the other <laughs> way. So why wouldn't you? And I suppose people, without having somebody championing it like you have, then, you know, I suppose, so you could sit there and you could think, well, you're giving out a, a device and it's going to be going through the, the council's network, right, school's network. So yeah. it's going to filter out the bad stuff, right? And presumably there's a level of kind of monitoring. Yeah. Um, it's probably not going to allow young people to install apps maybe or certain apps won't you could necessarily install them i don't know yeah. so it might not allow you to do certain games or to do social media so you might think oh well you know actually you've kind of got your bases covered is that is that something that you've thought about have you heard that as a response to what you're doing 
Um, I think a lot of the things that you've outlined um, were sort of assumed, um, you know, from particularly from parents. Um, parents would assume that all these different things were in place, and they are to some degree. But I think from my point of view, the Chromebook is only one part of that whole picture because um, we've had a very small number of, of parents who have asked for the Chromebooks to be taken away from their child, you know, for various reasons. Um, and my concern has always been, well, you can remove a device, but actually the online safety awareness raising, the online safety upskilling actually doesn't is nothing to do with the Chromebooks. Right. I've got to almost... stop you there. I gotta, you have parents asking <coughs> to take away, <laughs> I mean, without naming names, obviously, mm-hmm. what's, what's, what's driving that? It's just um, fear. And I think um, that when I talk about online safety training sessions with parents, the numbers are always very, very small. And I think one of the main reasons is, is that uncomfortableness of almost learning about something that perhaps they don't know about themselves. And it's that fear factor. And I think that the fear factor then extends to, you know, I've heard that on TikTok this happens. I've heard that on you know Snapchat yeah. this happens. And it's that fear of how do I control that when I don't know myself? Uh, we do quite a lot of work when parents do ask, you know, for the possibility of having that um, device taken away or even sometimes temporarily taken away. You know, usually my response is, okay, well, we can do that with the Chromebook, but have they got a phone? You know, have they got access to a device at home? Because as I say, it's not so much about the actual Chromebook as opposed to about the skills that they require to actually succeed in life. And as you and I both know, Succeeding yeah. in life now has got a massive digital component to it. Um, well, that's the yeah, that's the digital citizenship, isn't yeah. it? So presumably, then some of those issues were in response to a problem that had happened. Is that is that generally the situation, or is it parents going you know on uh, upon rollout going no, I don't want the device for my child? Yeah, sometimes on rollout. So the rollout project was done on a kind of um, sort of model of certain schools at certain times. So there were some schools that had the devices out three years ago, but the first Chromebooks were rolled out in 2017. Other schools only got them maybe a year and a bit ago. So there's always that initial, oh my goodness, look at this device that's coming home. Uh, you know, what, what does it do? What can it do? What can't it do? Um, because I think that's this kind of subtle change from some authorities that have gone down a similar route is that our devices can go home. And when they go home, they connect to the, the, the home broadband. There is a level of filtering on them and there is a level of um, you know, supervision on them. But ultimately, the message we give to the parents is that when it goes home, in effect, it becomes part of any other devices that are at home. So there is a responsibility on the parents, you know, to, to mm-hmm. I guess, to parent. Um, and that's when it can be difficult. And as a parent myself of, of three, soon to be four children, um, <laughs> I know how difficult it can be to sort of curb that enthusiasm for everything to do with games, everything to do with social media. Um, so I think it, it's a difficult, it's a very difficult role parenting in a digital world. But um, I don't think the solution is to say, you know, turn it off, block it, uh, you know, switch it off. No. no, that's right. So what have you done then too? Because obviously you were saying you run parental engagement sessions not necessarily well attended, which is a yeah. you know a huge issue that you find right across wherever you're doing it. You're running sessions through schools. Parents generally don't turn up. Have you taken other approaches? 
So from the very start, my plan was to engage with every single school. So there are 203 schools in Highland and I personally, individually went to every school to deliver training to a member of staff in that school. Uh, the idea we were trying to do was to build up a sort of digital leader model where the member of staff would then cascade any training, material, resources to the rest of the staff um, and to the pupils potentially and also to the parents. Um, again, varying degrees of success in some schools where the digital leader was particularly empowered or particularly interested or confident, that worked really well. In other schools, perhaps member of staff um, didn't feel confident. Perhaps in some cases, they actually moved on to a different school and the school were left without somebody to actually deliver that training. So I found myself increasingly delivering training to parents myself again, which wasn't the original model. But even in cases where I've got confident staff that have been trained, they've still said, and it's back to your first question, actually, uh, Jess, where people have said to me, can you come in and do this training? Because actually, you can come in with the knowledgeable expert hat on. And I think our parents will actually, you know, will respond to that better. As you've probably found out yourself from the sessions that I do, and I'm sure it'll be the same for you. When I do these sessions, I've yet to meet a parent that's walked away saying, oh, well, that was a waste of time. The no. vast majority will come and say, oh, my goodness, we really should have had a much bigger turnout. We should have had more people there. Um, and I think, you know, you're sort of vindicated, but still frustrated at the same time. So we did the training. And one of the things, um, and I know we're probably going to talk about this um, as the podcast goes on, but the um, 360 Scotland audit tool was a huge asset in the online safety stroke Chromebook um, partnership because one of the conditions that we attached to the Chromebooks being given to the school was that the school actually carried out the 360 audit so that they had a reference point, so that they had... Uh, a kind of overview of where they were at in terms of online safety. And again, as you'll find with literally everything, the reception towards the audit was mixed. Some people felt it was onerous. <laughs> Some people yeah. felt it was, it was irrelevant. Some people felt there was far too much uh, sort of, I mean, as you'll know yourself in England um, with their audit, which I think the 360 Scotland one has been based quite heavily on, yeah. Um, there's quite a few bits about things like broadband and filtering, which actually in a lot of Highland schools, all Highland schools, we have no control over. So there was a feeling that some of the aspects were a bit um, redundant, but it was the bits about um, have you created a, a pupil group? You know, Have you engaged with parents? Have you engaged with staff? Um, have you got programs of work? And those were the bits that were really, really useful. Um, so that 360 audit, there were schools who were printing off the action plans to give to the HMIE inspectors when they came into school saying, this is our oh, online really? safety statement. Look how powerful this is. And actually the feedback that I got in my own school during a visit in 2017 was, yeah, this fills everything that I need to give you in terms of um, online safety within that child protection part of the um, sort of pre-inspection bit. So, I think schools saw the benefit of the audit. Um, and although we did tie it to the, the kind of condition of the Chromebooks, it actually very quickly became something that schools just did. And I think the vast majority of schools felt more comfortable because they knew that had something happened in the school and a parent had asked them, well, you know, what have you done in advance? 
they could actually turn around and say, well, we've done everything that we can do to prepare for this kind of situation. We have thought about it. And, you know, the, the audit was a really powerful tool to support that. Yeah, it is a really powerful tool and it is onerous. You know, there's no getting away. This isn't about a badge. You know, this is not about a sticker. It's not a tick mark. This asks a really difficult questions and it makes some assumptions about what best practice is. And, you know, and then so if you're going to use the tool, then there's an element of accepting that, I suppose, that it is going to suggest that you have an online safety group. It is going to ask you about leadership and ownership. And that thing you mentioned earlier about, you know, member of staff leaving. Yeah. If it's all owned by one person and then they leave, then you've lost everything. So how sustainable is your approach? So that is, and tying it into the Chromebook rollout. Oh, you see, you've got, you've got a brain there, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> so I've been told. You know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so fabulous. Now tell me about the Online Safety Centre, Highland Online Safety yeah. Centre. So this is something that, uh, again, it, it ties in. You'd almost think we'd rehearse this, Jess, because that's a quite nicely segued in here, but we haven't. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, um, the online safety centre was something that I was quite conscious of the fact that uh, in Highland, a lot of the online safety stuff, if not all of it, will fall to my um, remit. And it was that thinking of, well, what if I had to move on to something else or what if I wasn't available? And it was really revolving on me having that sort of direct input. So rather than actually always having to give the information each time, um, you know, in person, I actually created an online safety centre website using good old Google Sites and basically populated it with lots of resources and material that schools could use. And the materials were not just materials that schools would go to and say, oh, well, let's just download this. It was actually materials that I'd been using myself and that I'd adapted. And in some cases, materials I'd actually seen, but rather than having to look back and think, well, what did he cover in that session? They could actually go and pick it up and then use it. Um, so, it was just a way to really, uh, I suppose, to, to sort of streamline the online safety work that I had been doing and make it far more available. Um, we also linked in, I've been working on the uh, Project Evolve, which I know you've been working on in quite a big way. Yeah. Um, yeah. I took the, the Project Evolve outcomes and have been turning that into our Highland programme of work uh, to support the, the work that I'd been doing. So the program of work is also now on the online safety site. And it just means that rather than schools constantly emailing me saying, can you send me the program of work that they should already have, they can now be directed towards the site where they can download. Um, each of the different levels, we've broken it down to early, first, uh, second and third level. And they can actually just access it directly from there. I have to say, and not just because you know, you're the podcastee or podcaster, whichever the word is. Um, the Project Evolve was brilliant, I have to say. It's a fantastic resource. The amount of work that must have gone into to creating that, and I know when we spoke last year, you were working on that at the time. Um, the content yeah. is brilliant and the activities, and it's the links between home and school. Um, so it's a natural place for this to sit on the online safety site. Um, and again, it's just, I think it's just to try and make it as accessible as possible. So it's not something that you, you call Robert Quigley for, you know, it, it's just something that you can access whenever you need to. So is there a website? It is, yes. Online Safety Centre, what is it? You're going to, um, 
I actually heard a podcast last week, and the person the podcast did exactly the same as I'm about to do now. I actually don't, I actually don't know <laughs> off the top of my head. Um, so I will have to. You can email it to me afterwards, and I'll yes. put it on. I'll put it on the website. So if you're listening to the podcast, you'll be able to yep. go there. Um, and obviously, it's 360 Save Scotland. Uh, yep. Don't worry for UK. It's the, it's the 360. I know it's exactly the same. Unless you've written it down in advance. Uh, you don't think about it. No. Now we haven't actually. We we're also going to talk about three hundred and sixty early years. But listen, we are we're already in time. We're, oh my goodness! Our time's just about up. Um, I know. How, how does the time fly? Uh, and I'm also aware that you've got you've got to go pop off to school, haven't you? Do and do a collection. Yes. Yeah. Of a little person. Yeah. So <laughs> it's been absolutely fascinating talking to you, Robert. And I think we probably need to do this again at some point. Uh, and catch up, talk about maybe 360 early years. Yeah, definitely. And see how everything's been going. But no, it's been it's been fantastic. Final question for you then. Uh, any top tips for the educators that are listening for the school? You must have been to some amazing schools and some yeah. schools that need to do a bit of work. What, what are your top tips? Um, for me, it's about involving the pupils in the schools that have been particularly effective at supporting this. And again, borne out in the high numbers of parents that turn out, it's where the pupils are involved. And... Yes, the 360 audit talks about having a pupil group, but you can have a pupil group and it can be complete lip service. It's where the pupils are actually driving it. So there's a couple of schools in Ireland that every week at assembly, for the first five minutes, they will talk about a particular app or a particular site that is causing, um, you know, it's in the news. So whether it's positive or negative, um, they're delivering that kind of message from a child's point of view. So what they're doing is they're getting the information, they're looking at it, and they're putting together the information that they think the rest of the school need to know. So um, I think one week oh, we were talking that. about TikTok and they were just basically, so they were, again, like we were talking about, they're, they're not the experts necessarily, but they've got some information. And when children are asking questions, I went to one of these assemblies to watch it and um, they were getting asked questions and, and one of them said, no, I don't know the answer to that question, but I'll find out for you and I'll let you know. And I think that rather than just simply saying, not sure, I don't know, you know, I think the, the pupil voice is absolutely crucial in everything we do in school and online safety should be no exception. Well, and that is also demonstrating leadership, isn't it? That's a digital leader, yeah. you know, because they're actually taking ownership and saying, I'm going to go, go away and find out. Great question. Yeah. Fantastic tip. Love it. Thank you, Robert. Yeah, you will be back. Definitely. <laughs> right. Let's let's say goodbye to everybody. Thank you very much uh, for listening, everybody. Um, as always, if you have a query about an online safety issue affecting a young person, yourself or your organization, you can contact uh, the Professionals Online Safety Helpline at helpline at saferinternet.org. UK. And if you have a question or topic you'd like to like me to cover on the podcast, don't forget to drop me an email at podcast at swgfl.org.uk. A big thank you to you, Robert Quigley. Thank you very much no, um, for coming thank on you. and talking to me today. Uh, and goodbye, everybody. Thank you.